Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Count Charge. I'm Billy Smith. And I'm Alex Coos. Today I am joined by, as you heard, Billy Smith, and we're going to be diving into a topic that we're all familiar with. The Hobby Mojo slash the Hobby Funk Hobby mojo is kind of like, you know, your motivation to get painting and hobbying done. Sometimes it's it's strong and you get a ton of stuff done and you're pumping out minis and projects and armies like there's no tomorrow. And other times you don't have much motivation to get stuff done and you don't paint anything all year except for two hordes of large infantry rats. And then you look at your pile of kingdoms of men and it's the same size as it was at the beginning of the year. We're going to go through some tips to uh, recharge and maintain your hobby mojo so that we can like maximize our productivity and our enjoyment of the hobby. So I just want to thank Billy for suggesting this topic for an episode because he's been on a tear. This man has been on a hobby streak for quite some time now. How, how long has your hobby streak been going? I want to say last night I posted... Uh, Hobby Street 450 or 445. So over a year, you've been doing some hobbying every day for like yep. a year and a third. So that's that's pretty impressive. Is that how? What's the scale of your hobby day? Like, is it like always the same, or is it sometimes different? Sometimes I'm painting a ton and getting a ton of stuff done. Uh, sometimes I'm sitting down for a couple hours. Uh, sometimes I don't have as much time, and maybe I just hit go on the 3D printer or cleaned up some prints or assembled a model real quick or worked on some lists or something. All things great and small, right? Uh, yeah. That's a good good segue into our hobby updates. So we're going to do a quick hobby update before we get started into the meat of the mojo. So what have you been spending your hobby streak on recently? Mostly just painting ogres. Uh, I've been working on an ogre army. This is my next Kings of War army. And... Uh, I'm about halfway done with the 2300 point list. I'm trying to get it done for an event on at the beginning of April. So I've been chugging away on that. All right, so you got a couple of weeks left. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna nail it. Awesome. Myself, as is always the case, I am working on my League of Rordia, but this week I actually got some painting done on it. So I had a horde of dogs of war sitting on the back, literal back burner of my painting table for the last year. And I had taken my infinite, nearly infinity painting break and came back and both armies are yellow, slightly different shades. But uh, some of the stuff that I was doing with the infinity minis was trying to streamline the process in a way that was still functional. So like with yellow, there's always a lot of steps to like make sure you get a high color value of yellow or that's the tone pigment whatever it is you always have to build it up with other colors so i was experimenting with how many undercoats or base coats of brown and different levels that i had to take to build up to the proper yellowness and i think with the dogs of war i had i had tried to do the same thing and i had taken out a step and i think i was talking with you about this last week because it's like i took out the wrong step and it just made painting yellow a bigger chore than it needed to be. So I kind of went back and I've kind of reverse engineered a salvage mission on these. And it's I think I did the first seven and uh, it worked out pretty well. So I think it'll be a good way to like kind of bump it up because they're just looking really muddy and I was not getting the, the tone that I wanted. So you were wanting more saturated and vibrant, right? Yeah, it's not like a super saturated army, but it, I, it needs to be saturated enough because the yellow is the bright spot of a very, which will be a, of a, of what will be a very dark army. So I need to have like the little bit of light in like what is essentially going to be like a doom and gloom kind of vibe. So, but I think I'm on the right track. So hopefully I can get that horde just kind of like 
done and dusted this month and then move on to some fun stuff for the summer. I want to get originally I wanted to have it done by June, but I don't think I will just no, looking at my schedule ahead. But I would like to have it done for King Beyond the Wall 4, which will be August 12th and 13th, folks. Put it in your calendars. Uh, happy here in Hamilton. So forward progress, like you're saying. Not always a big deal, but some progress was is progress, right? Like I tell people all the time, like they think I'm sitting here for two, three hours, but if I sit down for 15 minutes and put one base coat on a couple of models, that's progress. Right. It's That's paint that was not on the minis yesterday. We're going to start talking about the Hobby Mojo, how to build it up. Billy and I are going to talk about, you know, what's kept him going for over a year. Keep at least a minimum Hobby Mojo going every day. And we're going to try and cure me of being in a hobby funk. In, in the grand scheme of things, there are two types of motivators out there. There's intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. It's like stuff that comes from inside, within, and things that are being... I don't want to say imposed, but coming from the environment external to you. So like an intrinsic motivator would be something like the enjoyment of painting, something you just love to do and you want to do it no matter what. It could be part of your de-stressing routine from your job or, you know, the rest of your life, or you just, you really are all striving for that sense of personal accomplishment. Like that's what painting gives you. And then something like an extrinsic motivator would be like, you know, deadlines. Billy was just talking about, you know, signing up for a, a tournament and having to have an army painted for that. Making a hobby commitment, like if you're going to go on your podcast and tell all your listeners you're going to have an army painted by the end of the year and fail miserably, and you don't want to do that again, that external, the fear of shame or, you know, something like a slow grow league or competitions. So, like, you know, we have the counter charge slow, slow grow league going on right now lots of different clubs out there that do painting challenges monthly yearly quarterly so that'd be like an extrinsic motivator to keep you wanting to paint stuff for things outside of yourself so like either as prizes or just being part of a community and then that ties back into you know feeling good about the hobby so it makes you feel good on the inside as well i think most people we're not going to get into the depths of personal psychology here we don't know what motivates everybody, but I think external or extrinsic motivators are a little easier to get a handle on for everybody. So that's kind of where we're going to start. And we're going to see how those tie back in to some of the more intrinsic ones. Billy, do you want to bring us into our first kind of category of extrinsic external motivators? So this was probably the most common one that got re recommended when I posted on Countercharge Facebook page. Uh, looking for recommendations on how to up your hobby mojo, and that was deadlines. Uh, so everybody said sign up for a tournament or, you know, just set yourself a goal, and they're just an awesome way to get stuff done. I mentioned earlier that I'm using the April 8th one day to push myself to get 2,300 punts of ogres done. So I've got another about uh, three weeks as of time of recording to get that finished. But yeah, having a deadline can kind of light a fire under your butt like nothing else, and um, Going to an event and seeing all the armies and playing against them is also great motivation to keep going. Yeah, I think we paint miniatures to play the game, right? And we say this a lot on Counter Charge, but tournaments are not really about the competition. It's about you know the camaraderie and the playing of the playing the game and sharing the experience. So sharing your army, sharing the game with someone else, and like that that in and of itself is awesome. So like you when you're putting those deadlines you know out there for yourself to like get your armies done you got to think instead of like letting that stress you out you gotta be like this is exciting because it's like a deadline to finish but it's also like the the chance you get to show off your work and share it and see everyone else's work so i think part of why deadlines work is that you know they're stressful they make you work a little harder make you focus but you can't let that uh, be a barrier either you got to think of the barrier or the deadline as a destination, as opposed to like some sort of judgment that's waiting to happen. Because I know the whole trope of the week before a tournament is when you get most of your army done, which you know is can be true. And but this, we're gonna talk about ways that you can kind of ease the burden and spread that out a little bit more evenly. And that kind of ties into our next point about like accountability. So a deadline is one way of like 
a broad way of making you feel accountable. There are other ways to hold yourself accountable, such as uh, with painting challenges or clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, you can share your work with your friends. Like I do it all the time. I'm sure people get tired of seeing my mammoth, but uh, I'm proud of it. So I'm going to text it to everybody that will listen. But, you know, sharing your work and getting that positive reinforcement feels really good. So it makes you want to keep going. But um, also, if people see that you're working on something, they're going to expect to see it soon. So, you know, the next time I show up at the at a game day, my mammoth better be done because I've been working on it. So. Otherwise, you're the guy with the half-finished minis constantly sitting on his desk. <laughs> the side effect of, you know, always sharing your miniature progress, like painting progress, is like other people see it and that's motivating for them, right? Because you start, yeah. you, you create this environment of accomplishment and then other people are like, oh, they can start painting. They'll start sharing. And I think that's a lot of things. Like sometimes you don't start on a job or you think, well, no one cares and it's terrible and I don't want to share it with the world or it's not going to turn out. But ultimately it's like, we all love to see everyone else's work. So share it and we'll all enjoy it. It's true. My Facebook feed is nothing but miniatures and I, I like it that way. Like it's all people working on stuff from uh, the the super famous, crazy, talented painters that paint miniatures with a crystal brush and stuff. And then there's, you know, me over here in Mississippi doing cuckoo banana stuff. I feel like you, you got to be the change you want to see in the world. So if you want to see more minis, share more minis. It's just, yes, we generally paint to play, but like... It's a, it's a fun aspect of the hobby, and the more you share it, the more you like embrace it, the more enjoyable it, it will be. And then also, it reduces the stress of painting or of accomplishing things. Because sometimes you can kind of talk yourself out of it. I'm not talking from experience. It's just nice to share. And then you get some positive reinforcement, and then they, everyone else in your club or, your, you know, or the greater community is sharing stuff. And there's always cool stuff to look at, so... Everyone always appreciates a good work in progress pick. I know I do. Like my Facebook and Instagram is nothing but people's miniatures and I love it. And you kind of made it a little bit of a more formal sharing. You you basically have an Instagram feed of just you posting your, your pics as you go. Like every day you're posting on Instagram. Yeah. So um, a lot of people on in the hobby sphere, I'm sure you've seen through other games or different channels people doing the hobby streak and some people have like a time limit spend 30 minutes or spend an hour or whatever i'm just do something in the hobby every day and i'm gonna post a picture of it and it's just it's a way to make myself you know be held accountable and uh it, it also kind of gamifies the experience because um it's like unlocking achievements oh i hit day 450 like that's my next big goal you know yeah so uh, it just it feels really cool, and then um, I really want to get to like I'd like to get to 500. That'd be amazing. But um, every day you can challenge. do it. Yeah, <laughs> the community believes in you. We're behind you. It's true. Like once you get that momentum going, you kind of you want to keep it going. It becomes you know you have a bit more. There's more stakes. There's more. You got some uh, skin in the game. You kind of want to like keep that momentum. Hobby streak. However you want to do it. If you want to have an Instagram feed. You want to just, you know, share it in a group chat that you you have with a few of your local buddies or, you know, some of your international buddies, whoever. But, you know, just post it on the countercharge page. Just share it. And that kind of just like that getting in the habit of being quote unquote accountable to the public can go a long way to just building a habit that you don't that you can is self-sustaining. I find my most productive times painting have always been like when I've done something similar where it's just like, I don't have to sit down for like four hours at a time. Like, can I, if I just set up my workflow where I can just paint for 15 minutes, no matter what, you know, it could turn into an hour or two, but like, if I can just do something productive for 15 minutes, like my office is organized enough, you know, I have enough miniatures primed or ready to assemble. It's just always to work on. That makes things a, a lot easier too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Reducing barriers to getting your hobby done. That's huge. Brenton Williams mentioned that. I think he said, reduce your hobby friction. Insert friction joke here. But he's absolutely correct. That kind of making your workflow as easy as possible. If anyone's seen my hobby desk pictures that I usually post to uh, give Rob a aneurysm, like I let things go too far. Usually I get a little disorganized and then I'll have like a massive cleanup and then I can be much more productive while things are organized. So keeping things, you know, relatively tidy, relatively, you know, structured really helps you know, reduce that friction. You had mentioned also having models primed and ready to go. That's uh, another huge barrier because like if you don't, you, you have to have enough forethought to think of what am I painting next or what, what will I maybe want to paint next? But if you have models primed and ready to go, then when you sit down, you can just get started painting. You don't have to worry about, oh crap, I got to break out the airbrush or, you know, I got to scrape mold lines off of this. I don't feel like doing it. Um, it's just nice to do. Yeah. And I think that we covered that. You know, Nathan Cerrone mentioned that in his like speed painting episode where we were talking about, he, he'll do like big batches of things. So he never has to like switch gears back and forth. It just has like phases of, you know, assembly phases of priming. And that really just helps. Like The more you have in the way of sitting down and being productive, the more mojo you're going to have to use up just to even get to your desk. Mojo is a limited resource. So use it wisely. You know, other ways you can be sharing your work is like hop on After Dark. The Discord channel is always active. You know, most days someone's painting at some point or a few points of the day, like depending on time zones. So there's always something to chat with, share pictures with, even if you just, if you just want to share pictures on the Discord, you know, chat channel as opposed to talk in person. It's a nice way to like just share your progress and talk to like-minded or you know, somewhat dissimilarly minded people. <laughs> uh, another way you could hold yourself accountable is to join like some type of league, like the Mantix logo challenge that Countercharge is doing right now. You should, which you should be doing, because one of the prizes is a is a terrain table made by Rob. And if there's one thing Rob knows how to do, it's make terrain. It's true. Real realistically, signing up for a, a a challenge like that or participating in a challenge like that. Is, is another way to kind of gamify your hobby so you can stay motivated. You know, if you're meeting those goals, you're, you're gaining achievements, you're unlocking unlocking goals, and it, it just feels good. It doesn't have to be like, oh, at the end of the year, I have to have this X done. It's like, it gives you like intermediate goals. Like, so at the end of this week, I need to have this done, or at the end of like next week or next this month, this done. So it can break things down into smaller chunks, again, reducing the friction of just like having an insurmountable task ahead of you. So now you just have a series of smaller, very achievable tasks that will take an hour or two to accomplish as opposed to like, well, that's going to take six months for me to finish. So why even start part of keeping your mojo going or getting it back is just like we keep saying, it's like just removing obstacles and then making your actual goals a little bit smaller. So then it makes it easier to actually accomplish things. And then you get that momentum, the hobby streak. But kind of what we were talking about, it's important to make a plan. This was yeah. something that we saw um, a couple of people mention when I posted up on Countercharge. Having a roadmap for each step of your project uh, can help keep you organized and motivated. So, for example, like when my ogres, I built everything. I built and painted all the bases for the first 2,300 points. And then I started painting the models because um, just like we were talking about, you know, removing these barriers and doing things in batches, these series of small tasks, it, it just got made it where I could get to the part that I enjoy most, which is the painting. I don't really like assembly and I don't like you know, the priming or the building the bases and all that stuff. I just, I just want to paint models. So I was able to focus on that part. And that also side effect kind of keeps me motivated too, because when I sit down to hobby at night, I know that I'm coming in here to paint because that's all I've got to do. So it feels good. Yeah. You want to streamline the system and then like kind of prime the reward centers. You want to make sure that you get the painful stuff out of the way first. So then after that, you can just do what you want. Like you're like, you want to do the painting. You want to paint the actual miniatures. You don't want to do the assembly, the, the priming, all the boring stuff. Just get that out of the way. Really like 
do that so that you could just do the fun stuff afterwards. I kind of do it similarly, but in waves where I'll do like two or three units at a time with that. You know, I'll do the assembly and priming of like, you know, a third of the army, finish that and then go on to the next. You want to make sure you're streamlining and like make and being systematic about your process. Yeah. Just being organized. I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter how you organize it or what steps you do in what order, because, you know, I'm going to be different than the next person, but right. being organized is going to reduce those obstacles and, you know, just make it easier to execute. Um, like I was saying, having the forethought to know I'm going to be working on seed breakers next. So while I was waiting on a wash to dry on one model, I was priming uh, the next batch of seed breakers, you know? That way, when it's time to paint them, I don't have to sit down and waste time priming. I can just start painting purple. And there's less wasted mental energy, too, because you know what you're going to do. And there's no switching gears. There's no, like, okay, I was doing this. Now I have to move on to doing something completely different. It's just, like, for, you know, a week or two at a time, you are doing one relatively similar task. So you just know exactly what you're going to be doing. So you can keep yourself in the similar mindset instead of having to shift gears back and forth which can be exhausting and just ends up being wasted energy i like that we're unlocking this for me like i'm learning stuff about my own psychology here this is cool the counter charge self-help hour <laughs> help us help you so the big things up till now have been like streamlining reducing obstacles create you know gamifying creating smaller tasks that you can accomplish and, and build up some some momentum so that's like things to do when you're already when you're rolling. If you're if you're just stuck, we've been talking a lot about the tools about maintaining momentum and being productive. So that's great. But if you are actually like stuck and you're in a rut where you can't even you don't know how to get back to the painting table. Let's talk about some strategies, some things you can do to help that be a little easier. And I think when we went to ask all y'all about this, one of the biggest ones was people were saying, just play some games. Don't worry about painting, but just get out there and play the game. Because that's why we paint. We paint miniatures to put them on the table. So one of the best motivators to paint more miniatures is to play more games. You know, whether it's going to a GT one day tournament, just going to your friend's house and having a couple beers and playing a game. Just going out and participating in the hobby, getting out of your head. That's a great way to want to go back to the painting table. You're going to see their work. You're going to see all their miniatures. You're going to come up with an idea that's going to require units that you don't have. Just get out there and play the game, right? Absolutely. Every time I get back from playing a game, I always want to paint more. Or like you said, there's a unit that I want to try that now I have to paint. Or maybe I'm, I'm half painted with a unit that I played with and I, they did really well. So I want to go back and finish them. There's always something that just makes me excited to paint when I get done playing. The hobby is multifactorial. It's all these different, we have all these different aspects to it. So I think when you get a little stressed about one, it can detract from the others. So it's important to remember, like, we do this to have fun. So we can't get too mired in like the muck of, you know, feeling like we have to get things done. I think that's that was another good piece of advice that uh, Clement, Clement Quinson said, he said, it's a hobby, not a job. It's okay to just be too tired for it or to prefer doing something else instead. We do this to have fun, right? Yep. If you're, if you're really stuck and it's starting to stress you out, maybe even playing the game is too close. You can also just go change gears, like do something else. Play a different game, play Firefight, you know, play Armada. League. Of, I heard League of Infamy is really good. Said some friends who played that on the weekend. They said it was a lot of fun. Or just to play something else. I play Infinity like a couple times a year, and it's just nice to kind of do something totally different. Or, you know, go for a hike, play some music, pet your dog, get a dog. Mixing it up. Uh... Sometimes, like, if I get real sick of painting, again, I, I'm kind of like the weird corner case because I paint all the time. But, like, you know, I do get bored of stuff and I do get burned out. Every once in a while, I like to change gears and, like, paint something for our D&D &D campaign or 
paint up. I painted a, um, a Dragon Strike set uh, a year or two ago just to do something different because I was tired of painting King of the War models. Yeah, doing something different uh, can always kind of help you out with your motivation. Yeah, I remember a couple years ago, Jeremy just like, he's like, I'm just going to paint all the Hellboy miniatures just like to do something quick. And that's like something like where like, uh, what is it, like, contrast or speed paints really come into their own you're like i just want to like do something and accomplish a task it's like it's like a board game where you're going to play with some like you know your gaming friends and sometimes maybe your non-gaming friends like the, the level of painting doesn't have to be the same as with your armies like your non-gaming friends are just gonna be like what the hell these are these are so good you're like these are like literally the worst paint job i could possibly do because it's just like <laughs> priming <laughs> with contrast paints and then you know throw on the table but like another way to get like cool you know good positive reinforcement but just like and it just gives you a task that you have you know successfully accomplished so you get that you know the endorphins or what is it? The uh, serotonin dopamine hit of actually accomplishing a task. And then, you know, it kind of makes painting fun and easy again. Sometimes, uh, you know, changing gears, maybe you're still painting, but you just want to paint something to a different standard. You know, I've been talking to Jeremy a bunch. and He's been wanting to get these um, Forge Fathers done a lot quicker. And they look awesome. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, he's, he's not spending, you know, 15 hours per guy like he normally does. But they look awesome, and he's getting stuff done. Like he should feel awesome about it. Um, and like conversely, you could just paint thing to a higher standard. Like just like I, instead of having like facing an army to accomplish, you know, find a cool three D print or just like a random miniature that you think is cool. It's like more complicated or you know outside your wheelhouse, and like try to paint it as well as you can. Like that's kind of why i use infinity and like as my other game because it's like spewer miniatures and you can really like just dive in and like, i'm going to paint one miniature this week as opposed to i'm going to try and paint a horde of infantry this week it's like a totally different mindset and it's a little it's differently meditative it, it flexes like different hobby muscles because you get to to learn and experiment and do crazy stuff but then you can take that back to your army painting when you learn how to do it painting faster can help you paint better higher quality and then painting at a higher quality can help you paint faster like it's not they're not two separate things yeah because it's all it's all linked together you know learning how to paint better in one area is just going to make it easier to do it elsewhere other things you can do find some inspiration outside of gaming we've been talking about our you know jrpgs on the unplugged discord today you know it's like there's lots of cool like the aesthetic of all those different games is very cool. A lot of different stuff going on. Other like books and movies, like just like find stuff that you think is cool. Like I, I'm a part of a couple of like medieval heraldry Facebook pages. It's full of a lot of grumpy nerds, but there's lots of cool things to look at on those. Find things that make you interested and be like, oh, I want to accomplish that or something like that in an army. Right, like how do you, how do you get your like what what motivates you for like your your big ideas for your armies? I can be anything. Uh, I get ideas from uh, reading books. From sometimes I just get sorry. Uh, I get motivation from a lot of different places. Um, album covers, uh, or if I find like um, I've been listening to a lot of dungeon synth. So like it gets me in that fantasy mindset and just wants want, makes me want to be in that zone. So yeah, music is a really big one. Uh, I like movies. Yeah, you just want to find stuff that's cool, right? <laughs> and you're like, but Alex, what's cool? It's whatever it makes you happy. Seriously, stop trying to like find the perfect thing or figure out what other people want or you know what other people think is cool. Just if it's interesting to you and you just flesh out the idea and like try to accomplish it and then other people are going to appreciate it. It doesn't have to be perfectly unique and there's no right way to do it. We'll find something that inspires you and run with it. Find something you want to make and then make it happen. And I think that's one of the key things we're, I did mention we were going to work our way back to intrinsic motivators. And I think that's one of the big ones. It's like you have to make sure that you are doing something that you want to do, right? 
find an army that you like using on the table, find an aesthetic that you like to look at and you think is, you know, cool and like meld the two together so that like every time you play the game, it's what you want it to be. If you pick an army that you think is just the the right army is the best army and you can't think of a good way to make it look the way you want, but you think that's the army that I have to use. It's like, you're not going to have any motivation to paint it unless you're just like a win at all cost guy from Texas. Do something, you know, we were just talking with Corey Reynolds last month. It's like, I find something that I want to like do visually. And then I find, you know, I find the army that fits and, and that lets me play the way I want to play. And I think that's the key to getting that painting motivation. You have to want to put the army on the table so that you know, you're excited to get the units finished. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're painting models you don't like, or if you are, like you said, painting an army just because it's supposed to be the good one, but you don't have any emotional attachment to the miniatures, nothing, they don't spark yeah. joy when you look at them, then like, you're wasting your time. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have fun doing it. You can have all of the deadlines that you can, and all the friends yelling at you and laughing at you for not accomplishing your goals. You have to want to put it on the table, and you have to like. You have to have that joy. You, know, you got to use these tools that we've kind of laid out. You don't have to use the tools, but you can use these tools to a certain point. But they only work in so far as that they're going to magnify or make it easier to express what you want to do. You still have to want to do it. Pick something cool, like purple ogres. Yeah. Or or lots of yellow. <laughs> I am actually having a lot of fun painting these ogres. Yeah. Well, look, that's the thing. You can tell. Like when someone's having fun painting and they're sharing things, you can see like the joy. The, you can see the fun that they're having. And you're like, oh, I want that in my life. So like... Pick something you want to share with people. You know, I think we got a lot of listener suggestions. And before we dive into all of them, Riley of YouTube fame wrote an article on Dash 28 about overcoming army ADD and just kind of like staying focused. So that, you know, that kind of ties into what we were talking about to some degree. So you can go check that out on Dash 28. It's a good article. I did read it in anticipation of writing the notes for this show. Yeah, it's actually very helpful. We'll go through some of the listener suggestions. We we took out a bunch of the ones that were repetitive and just kind of worked them into the, the body of the episode. So if you don't hear your your suggestion read, it just means that more a lot of people agreed with you and we agreed with you as well. But we do want to include everyone's suggestions. So Grant Alexander says, uh, pick a unit that you've not painted yet to be in the list. So yeah, that kind of... You know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, like if you don't have that unit and you want to try them out, paint something new. It could get you motivated. I like it. Yeah. It's a great, that's what I did last year. I was like, I was in a big hobby funk all of last year. And I, but then uh, I was talking with Joey Greek and we we're talking about the Ratkin formation and how to make it work. And we're like, nightmares. So I'm like, that's what the one rat unit that I didn't have. So I got a couple of hordes printed up by Eamon and painted them up it meant like i didn't like have a completely barren year for hobby <laughs> and it was a lot of fun and i got i got to use like a brand new essentially a brand new army for the for the summer it's a great that's a great suggestion ben stoddard he says take breaks regularly but find different projects to work on so you know instead of taking a complete break from the hobby just like take a break from your army and work on terrain instead of models or Write like an outline store of a story or you know some some fluff for your army. Explain the background of your army. I did that for Brotherhood of the Raven. It's horrible, but it's interesting because it's like it forces you to like instead of having it as a very like airy conceptual thing, it's like forcing you to actually like write it down. It really helps crystallize like what you want in the army. I found. I agree. Uh, I have some really terrible fiction about uh, the dwarfs of New Galbarak on. Dash 28, so you can read that if you want. I wouldn't. I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, another good one is uh, design a shield or heraldry for your army. Again, like I was th- talking about like that medieval heraldry Facebook page. It's, like, it's just interesting to see all these different ways that shields and flags were designed. So you can kind of like take some inspiration there. Reading books like we were talking about. 
flex the different creative muscles. Like it's not just about painting and gaming. Like just it's we're we're big nerds here. Use all your nerd muscles. <laughs> so Mark Edwards says, I change the games I play. So finish a large project like a Kings of War Army and then do like a small skirmish game like Frostgrave. So yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I painted a firefight army last year as a break from painting Kings of War Army. So it can it can definitely help. Um, you know, or like you said, Mark, um, painting a, a skirmish force or a smaller bunch of units and then finishing something big. You know, again, it flexes those different muscles. You can spend more time on your little war band, but maybe you got to pump out the 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 batch painting on the big army. Well, I know one of my clubmates, John. He does. He paints like re- Reaper minis, and I guess if you paint Reaper minis and like send them photos or whatever, they give you stuff. Like they have like a reward system if you like paint their stuff. Okay, which is kind of cool. But it's like you know, he'll do like stuff for kings of war and then he'll do that kind of just as a, a palette cleanser loya des moines uh says like they have what helps them is like starting a new theme so again calling back to like books so like finding some inspiration at in a book or whatever media you you consume and then trying to build a new theme and it doesn't have to mean well i'm going to expand on that but like doesn't mean like starting a whole new army. Maybe just start the fluff for an army, like Ben's saying. Like just start writing a couple paragraphs about your next army and like where they're coming from, what their motivation is, where have they pillaged, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Hal Hawthorne uh, says to change gears for a little bit. So um, go, he says go for a small win, like four dungeon crawling heroes or a war band or a small fleet. So kind of like what Mark said do something small to change it up. Um, but I'd also, you could pick a model based on something that you're interested in. So maybe if you're, he suggests, maybe if you're really in the Aliens franchise, you could paint a Xenomorph or something uh, just to do something totally wild. I was actually thinking about doing this because um, they just put out Beta Ray Bill for Mar- Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I think I want to paint it like mm-hmm. just to do it. Man, those, those Marvel Crisis Protocol minis are awesome they really are I, one of the guys at our, our local store has been painting like all of them and putting them in the in the glass case and i'm just like they're so cool i painted the doctor strange for somebody because they wanted it uh, as like a commission piece so i painted that but that's the only one i've done and it was really nice but i love beta ray bill he's like my favorite comic hero so i was like yeah I, i'll probably have to buy that john croyal hog or hoggy hoagie i apologize he's saying the last five big big units he's done all had elaborate basing that was very different from each other so that he did that in it he planned that all in advance so he had like a roadmap so like you were saying did all the basing ahead of time but then he also made the basing different so he's like kind of keeps himself interested but he, and he knows where he's going and if you guys have seen john's army he's got the crazy clown night stalkers and they're just bananas yeah like you should totally search his name and king's war fanatics and, and find some stuff Danny Graves says, uh, and I think this one's really important. He says, realize that it's okay to get bored. And no matter how much you love something, you can always have too much of a good thing. And that taking a break is okay. It's a hobby and not a job. You don't have to do it. No matter what my hobby streak on Instagram says. Yeah, you don't have to. And it's like, it's what sparks joy in you. You're still getting joy out of it. But like, if tomorrow came around and like you're like, this is going to ruin my life if I do it. <laughs> Not that it would be that dramatic, but like, you know, sometimes you need a break. And he goes on to say, like, he, he enjoys every aspect of the hobby, but you know, it doesn't mean you have to do every aspect every day all the time. Like, like and that's the, the beauty of your hobby streak, right? It's like, you're just doing something hobby related every day. And it doesn't mean... I have to paint miniatures every day. I have to do this every day. You don't have to do anything every day, but you're doing something related to the hobby every day. Nope. You better believe my hobby streak tonight is going to be about recording countercharge podcast. So yeah, you can have Danny. I can relate to this. He's like, I have an abyss army that hate painting. So I do maybe one unit a year. <laughs> and then he's got a plague army for firefight that he loves. And he's just painting it as fast as he can. So 
it's about you know knowing what your your goals are and your expectations and don't don't put too much pressure on yourself like again we paint to play the game we play the game to have fun this community this hobby is about improving your life making yourself happy so don't get down on yourself 100 percent so Chase Thompson, the age-old switching switching games, he's like he just switches between Kings of War and Firefight and Terrain Projects, kind of keeping that rotation going. And I feel like pretty common, but I think just being okay with that and having those things ready to go to, like ready to switch to, and being and feeling okay about it is important. So not just like, oh, I need to take a break. We're gonna find something to do. You're like no, just just have a few things in the rotation. Have a board of terrain that you're working on. Have a secondary game or secondary army that you're working on. And then you just kind of like switch seamlessly between the, the, the different you know aspects. And then he just mentions that the Facebook pages are, are great for motivation. That's like, keep sharing your stuff because there's people out there who are stuck in a rut. And seeing your stuff that you're working on is going to help them come out of the rut. Makes me feel better about spamming everybody. Yeah, spam away. Uh, Albert Pildring says to participate in a hobby challenge. Like the countercharge Mantics logo that they're doing right now. Yes. And also, if you live in so- SoCal, Richard Friedenhall runs a league. Comment right below. And he's like, biggest thing for a lot of them is just seeing everyone else doing awesome stuff. We're not making this stuff up, guys. Show- share your stuff. It helps everybody. Whether it's just looking up stuff motivating people seeing other people you know doing cool stuff or seeing stuff and thinking how did they do that and then asking them like what did you do to do you know how did you accomplish that like what's how what's the technique for that or you know what are you doing so whether it's like lighting or different kinds of doing armor or basing or whatever you can always like be inspired by different aspects of people's work it doesn't have to be like the aesthetic it could just be like that part of it is really cool how did you accomplish that and do a test you know, pick two or three miniatures that have nothing to do with anything and just paint them to see if you can accomplish it too. I just get inspired by seeing other people just working in general. Like just seeing anybody's progress is inspiring me. So uh, Brian Tran says, uh, make myself sit down and start regardless of how I'm feeling, time permitting. Then I'll hobby for long periods of time, barely realizing. So that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with um, removing obstacles. So maybe Brian's obstacle is just like finding the time to sit down so if he can sit down and just do it, he gets a lot done. And that's true because he's painted like an entire Varinger army in a couple of weeks. It's crazy. Sometimes it's not even like an organizational problem. It's just like an internal, like, do I, you know, have the time or do I deserve to take a break or, you know, whatever. Just like you have to just sometimes either schedule it in to your day or just be like say it out loud to some enough people to say i'm gonna do an hour of painting today or i'm gonna paint at seven o'clock meet me on after dark and just do it mark Zelinsky, he says that's why he has so many 500 point armies his army add he just is always switching projects but that's fine too because if you have like 12 different 500 point armies that's amazing it's like however you want to enjoy the hobby do it that way. We've already talked about what Britton said. Britton says, reduce the friction between you and doing hobby as much as possible. Don't set limits on how small or how long a session should be. Even cracking in on 15 minutes of hobby makes things move forward. Uh, yeah, 100%. When we've talked about the, the reducing the obstacles, reducing the friction between you and hobby earlier, and getting those obstacles out of the way is the best is one of the best ways to get you motivated to get stuff done. And even those little stretches of 15 minutes, they add up. Well, let's think if you do 15 minutes every day, that's almost two hours a week. That's a pretty good hobby session. If you do 15 minutes a day and then like two of those turn into an hour or two each, that's a lot of hobby time. Just getting to the table, I think, is a big one for a lot of people, it sounds like. Just like making sure you get there and get started. It's like, you know, in, in physics, there's like friction, but there's also like stictions. Like the, the friction of getting something moving is higher than once you get it moving, once it's already moving. So I feel like you got to get you got to get things moving. And once they're moving, it's it's easier to keep it moving. Absolutely. I feel like it's been easier since I'm at day 455 or 445 of the hobby street than it was in the beginning. Because, you know, in the beginning, if I fell off the wagon, it was fine. But 
now if I fall off the wagon, I've, that's a year and a half almost. We also you're probably like act, like legitimately changing your brain at this point. Like a year uh, doing something for like o- almost a year and a half. Like you've probably actually made some like neural adaptations to doing this as part of your day. So it's like you're actually becoming more of a hobbyist. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dying. So Chris Callahan says gentle slash passive peer pressure is helpful. So organize games regularly if possible where you want to bring new models and units. Paint things you want to play with because they'll look cool, not because they're the new hot meta. Sound familiar? Accidentally start an ambush force by painting the models you like. Notice that you're regular in ambush, so you have to paint some unlocking units to be able to play with them. I feel like that's uh, from self-experience. Uh, he he is also a proponent of the palette cleansers. So he's in the Aussie Slow Grow League. This Chris is ticking all the boxes here. So he's doing Night Stalkers, but he's also got an EOD fleet for Armada. And he has a lot. He does. He's mentioning he has a lot of old hammer Rogue Trader 40k models. He also has like a bunch of like old hammer stuff in one of his Kings of War armies. That is really cool. But yeah, it's like just picking some like old random models out of your, you know, pile of opportunity in the corner of your office and just painting it up. You're like this has been there for 25 years. Let's see what it looks like with paint on it. Can be like a nice little palette cleanser. Clement Quinson gives us a five point essay on what to do um, as far as Hobby Mojo goes. So, um, and again, he's kind of hit a lot of the things that we talked about already. Um, remember, it's a hobby, not a job. Sometimes you're too tired for it. Um, having those extrinsic motivators like deadlines and goals can help. Uh, a big one is never have just one project going on. Have uh, He says never have more than three, which I think is perfect because I don't ever really even like to have more than two going on at one time. It can get overwhelming. Be careful not to do retail or shopping therapy. Uh, very tempting by purchasing more and more models that will fill, won't fill the void in your soul on that sad day. Uh, yeah, so don't just buy new models. It's not going to help you paint more. It's just going to fill up your closet. And then um, find other hobbies unrelated to the tabletop to let you get some fresh air away from painting miniatures. You got to do other stuff. Um, yeah. My wife and I just went to a, a, a golf show the other night. It was fun as heck. Nice. Yeah, my wife and I started playing softball last year. And it's like... Got tabletop gaming on Fridays, softball on Sundays. It kind of like the more you have, well, you know, going on, the more you can appreciate your hobby time. And I think that's kind of like our long-winded, meandering talk on the hobby mojo. You know, we all go through the phases, the ebbs and flows of energy and time in our lives. Like, but you can't get down on yourself when you don't have the time or your motivation wanes. Like, you got to think, what did Billy and Alex say? Ah, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a path to salvation. And that path is going to GTs, joining the Slow Grow League, painting miniatures that aren't necessarily related to your army or that are slightly outside your comfort zone. But you just need to realize that this is a phase. Like, it's not something that you're stuck in permanently. You know, you look at someone like Billy, 500 days in a row of hobbying, and you look at me. I did like maybe 500 minutes of hobbying this last year. That's okay because progress is progress. As long as you're just working at it and enjoying yourself, enjoying the hobby on your terms, that's the whole point. Yep. And we definitely don't want to tell people how to do their thing. But yeah, just like you said, enjoy a hobby on your own terms. If you're not enjoying it, then don't do it. (laughs) Just do the things that you like, and as long as they're not hurting other people. If painting deadlines are stressing you out, take a break. But when you want to get the mojo back or you want to keep it going, think about these t- these little tips because we think they'll help and uh, help you streamline the process, help you be more productive, help you enjoy the process more. That's coming from someone who never really painted before Kings of War hobby wise. Like it was, a, it was always a struggle for me to paint Warhammer and 40k miniatures with Kings of War. I was more motivated to paint because that's more fun. The community is more fun. I was having a better time, but also just like I started to enjoy painting the more I did it and it got less scary because I think sometimes painting just can be scary. 
because you can do it quote unquote poorly. You know, you, you think you're going to get judged, but you're not. It's like getting it done. Done is the best color. And everyone is encouraged when you accomplish anything in this community. Slap some paint on those minis and get them on the table. True. Do it. And share it online. Yeah. Join the Slow Grow League. Win prizes. Win prizes. Play games. Enjoy yourself. Do you have any uh, shout outs there, uh, Mr. Smith, before we head out? So our local guy, Chris Go has been running these one days um, at our store. And he's running a Lone Wolf Prep event on April 8th at Boardroom Hobbies in Cordova, Tennessee. So if you're anywhere nearby and you want to play three games of 2300 with a fancy little character, you should show up. It'll be fun. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, we just had King Beyond the Wall, or sorry, we just had March of Death at the beginning of the month. That went very well. Um, John McCready won, as usual. And we raised over $1,600 for Doctors Without Borders with uh, Nathan Throne's Empire of Dust Army Raffle, which was won by Red Moyer. So congrats to him. So that was awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. And then we... uh, We'll probably have some one days coming up. I think the Unplugged GT up in the here in the Northeast is happening next month in uh, April. Orktown is in June in Cape Cod. And then Came Beyond the Wall 4, The Thing Beyond the Wall, will be August 12th and 13th here in Hamilton. I love the progressive naming. Absolutely. This is how this is what makes me happy, the theme. I, was, I want to make every tournament I run has to have a, a reason. I'm here for it. This one, we're going to be running the build your own monster rules. So you get a 300 point Colossus, 100 by 100 base, 300 points, no fly, no nimble. Do what you want. That's all. Yeah. We will be fighting off the things beyond the wall. (laughs) So I'm excited for that. Uh, I saw, and I guess this is another shout out, but I read, um, I think it was Greg's article on Dash 28 about their event where they, played with the monster rules, mm-hmm. the rare monster rules. And I think we're going to try to do that for a one day or something. That'd be fun. I just feel like there's so many tournaments. It's like 1995, 2300. Here you go. Lone Wolf, you get you get a little character, and then Rob runs one with the little bard. And, and I think, is it Alamo has the ascending points values, and I did descending for March of Death. And there's always so many things you can do. You know, there's King of the Monsters has yeah. the monster. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do this. It's gonna be fun because I'm, you know, everyone has like four or five months to paint up something giant from their collection and put it on the table. Yeah, I would love to do that. Come on up. Uh, don't threaten me with a good time. I mean, the guest bedroom will be ready by August, in theory. We were talking about taking a brawler team to Crossroads one day. That'd be epic. Crossroads is an amazing time. That's the lowdown on the mojo. That's going to do us for tonight. And remember, until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.